This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yes, welcome into Action Movie Rewind on Mackie and Jeb, where we do deep dives every week into some of the most prominent and popular action movies of all time. And this week, we throw it back to 1990 and a Tom Cruise classic that I had never seen before. Me too. Judd? No. Oh, that really? none of us, of us had I remember ever it. seen I never saw it. Oh, I thought one of you two did. I didn't even both. Well, uh, I, I would have guessed Phil. I have seen parts of this movie throughout history, but I've okay. never seen this. I've never like sat down and watched this movie. Never seen Got it. Days of Thunder from 1990. It's going to be fun. Let's get right into the to the nuts and bolts here. <laughs> vroom, vroom. In a fast-paced world of NASCAR, a rivalry brews between rookie hotshot Cole Trickle, played by Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. and veteran racer Rowdy Burns, played by Michael Rooker. When both of them are seriously injured in competition, the former bitter rivals become close friends. With Cole's spirits restored by a romance with neurosurgeon Dr. Claire Lewicki, played by Nicole Kidman. I think this is the first of three movies they were in together. And uh, Rowdy still sidelined by injuries. Cole decides to race Rowdy's car in the Daytona 500 against underhanded newcomer Russ Wheeler. 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. The critics' consensus says Days of Thunder has Tom Cruise and plenty of flash going for it, but they aren't enough to compensate for the stock plot, two-dimensional characters, and poorly written dialogue. Mm-hmm. We'll get into all that. Yes. A $60 million budget turned into $158 million <laughs> at the box office. Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Robert Duvall, Randy Quaid, Carrie Elwes, John C. Riley, a young John C. Riley in this mm-hmm. movie, and it was uh, it was a Tony Scott, Bruckheimer, and Simpson production, which is yeah, like right. sort of the 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 trio of yep. action movie putting their stamp on it, baby. Here. Yep. <laughs> so uh, this was yeah, and and this was let me pull up real quick here. Tom Cruise was in the middle of it here, man. Oh, I yeah. mean, this was like right after Top Gun. This is a few years after Top Gun. Mm-hmm. He he had become one of the biggest movie stars on the planet at this point. So Risky Business was 83, Top Gun was 86, then Color of Money, Cocktail, Rain Man, Born on the Fourth of July, which I've never seen, uh, Days of Thunder, and then, the, and then a couple years later it was A Few Good Men, The Firm, yeah. Interview with the Vampire, Mission Impossible, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Yep. Boom, boom, yep. boom. Yep, so this was really the last... Um, for quite a while, this was the last like Top Gun 
right? Because I I feel like Mission Impossible to me is a different franchise, and I think it's well respected. Because like like once he started on the firm, yeah, it, a few good good men, those were really well, I think, well respected films. I know it's like a four year yeah. gap, but they're clearly still trying to like capitalize on his Top Gun, absolutely era. Yeah, but I feel will. like we then sort of move. He moved on then to to a little bit different uh, genre of film. Yeah, he. Uh, there's some great production notes in here. This this is one of them. In in Daytona, Simpson and Bruckheimer spent a half million dollars to have a vacant storefront in their hotel converted into their private gym during the filming of this movie. Hey guys, uh, if we could just, uh, you know, spend a half million dollars converting, uh, this little thing here into a gold gym, that would be great. Thank you. A couple treadmills. Good stuff. Didn't we have, have that in, in Phil kindergarten cop? Didn't I think you're Schwartz right. Didn't yeah. Schwartz have like some something converted in, into a very expensive gym in that town because he, he basically said, I won't do the film unless I have a gym? Yes. I thought you were yes. that in the production notes back correct. then. Yeah. Well, if you're Arnold, I mean, those biceps aren't going to grow themselves. Okay. Can't just sit around. Take some time off. The completion date for this movie was pushed back many times with filming being completed, uh, well, in early May of whatever year, three months later than it had originally been scheduled. At one point, following the third revision of the shooting schedule in a single day, the unit production manager who represents the studio on the set confronted Simpson and Brockheimer and was told by them bluntly, the schedule no longer matters. <laughs> we'll just be doing this however uh, however we want at this point. So forget about your families, all these other plans you guys have. That's awesome. So, all right, let's. Um, there's some more notes we can sprinkle in here too, but we'll start with Judd here. We'll go around the room. Your statements about this uh, legendary movie, Days of Thunder. I'll start off with a broad one here um, because um, I had never seen this film. So like when, when we watched Top Gun, I, I had seen it a couple of times. My statement is this. I feel about this film like Declan did the first time he watched the original Top Gun, which is, you got to be kidding me. Like, really? Like, this is, the dialogue's not good. Um, it is Top Robin's Gun. Ra- Rob- Robin's racing. It's Top Gun. Robin's like, racing. like it's Top Gun. It's the same. It, it's not. It's not as good or well thought out. And I'm not saying that that Top Gun was the greatest thing. But at the time, it was a you know I think considered a pretty good film and certainly a really good action film. But yeah. I was as underwhelmed by this film as I've been in quite some time wow. because I wow. just I, I expected more and it just felt. For lack of a better term, it just felt really cliched. The whole thing felt cliched to me. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. I'll withhold here. Sure. Okay. I've got take takes for days on this one. Okay. All right. My first statement, uh, pun intended here, this movie stalls out. It just, <laughs> it's, it stalls out. Um, I want to be the common sense coach, like Judd says here. They should have had the accident at the beginning of this film, and then it's them rehabbing and getting back to Daytona. I actually really enjoyed the first like 30 to 40 minutes of this film. I was really into it. I thought, oh, this is cool. It's a guy who's kind of like plucked off the street, becomes a NASCAR racer. He's going through the trials and tribulations. And then they have the accident and the movie just nosedives in interest. The plot gets all messy. Then all of a sudden the last 15 minutes is like, oh, we're back to racing. He's cleared. He's good to go. And the, you know, the final race scene's all right. It's cool. But the middle chunk on, like it just hits a wall. 
and it's no longer an interesting movie. I don't know why they had to build it like that. I think it should have been, hey, these are two established racers. They get into a serious wreck, and it's their path to get back to the track. And it's th- th- I think that would be an entertaining film. I, I thought this movie stalled out so quickly with the line of this plot. I agree with Rotten Tomatoes. What's funny is I, I actually thought the exact same thing when I was watching this. So two, two, I'm going to kind of take your two takes and blend them together here into my next statement. But uh, Days of Thunder is basically Top Gun in a race car. But they should have put the adversity earlier in the movie. Yes. So I, I agree with you guys. I, I, I thought that's because I read the, the plot summary or just like the description, I thought it was going to happen that way. Oh, here's Tom Cruise. Oh, he's the the cocky, hot shot, open wheel racer going to come in here. Have he's going to like win a race right away? And they so they they gave you the adversity of him learning how to run NASCAR races for the first like thirty five minutes of the movie, and then he figures it out and starts to have some success. And then boom, the crash happens. Right? I thought the crash was going to happen earlier, and then it would be like this almost like Rocky Balboa comeback story of grinding your way back. So Mm -hmm. they, this movie either needed to be 30 minutes longer to play out the drama or it needed to, to get to the adversity quicker, I think. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that the racing scenes were really good. Yeah. I like, I I liked that. I liked that, but yeah, the way it was structured and written is what bugged me. Cause like, like when, there were certain parts that were fun to watch and were mm-hmm. really good and well done, but there were also certain parts where it's like, this dialogue's not good. Like, this is just sort of silliness. Maybe you just have a thing against uh, South of Mason-Dixon line dialogue. Well, maybe it's maybe it's a judge problem. All right, here's my next thing, and this holds true to several, and I am not, I am not a Tom Cruise um, fan, so I have not seen his entire catalog. I don't celebrate it. I've seen a bunch of his films, though. Here's a statement. Regarding Tom Cruise films that holds very true to this one. Despite the fact he ended up married to Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise's love interest in films ruins them. Yes, dude. Get rid (laughs) of the girl with Cruise. Seriously. Strong strong disagree. Strong I think he's awful. Disagree. I think it's terrible. I think it's All uncomfortable. The sex scenes make me want to run out of the room. Um I can't take it. I can't take it. Judge right. Like, like the only one I've seen that I would say, you know what, fine, was the last Top Gun. That one was good. That actually worked that for me. You know why? Because well. he's an old man. Yeah, and they, 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 they didn't have you, like, it, it's, all of a sudden she was in bed with him. Like, yes. there was no well, uncomfortable. here's the other thing. Old she people sex oh. is sort of gross. Yeah. yeah but, but, but you know what it is? It's sort of, it, <laughs> but, but, but it's sweet. Old people sex, right? Tom Cruise is a young Stop man. Stop saying that. Why are you, why, why have you said that Because I'm giving you twice. a really good example of one of the things that bugs me. Tom Cruise is a young man. Oh my God. Just eliminate the love interest. You'll do yourself a favor. You'll shorten the film. I strongly disagree. I, let me, let me jump in with, because I have ahead. a statement on this. That's the whole point. I have a statement on this. Tom Cruise is very persistent in pursuing women he probably shouldn't in his movies. Yes. So this is, I I, I like the angle. It adds an extra layer of sort of drama. And now, is he a little, he's yes. kind of a creepy, weird guy. Yes. So I, I, I agree with just the way that he goes about it as an actor or as a human. But um, like the flight instructor in Top Gun. Yeah, I probably, probably shouldn't. That's probably an inappropriate relationship, right? Uh, you know, the neurosurgeon in Days of Thunder, probably a conflict of interest. 
that you're like sleeping with your neurosurgeon. So that my observation was less about get rid of the relationship angle in the movie. It was more, boy, this guy like can't just meet a gal at a bar and click. It's got to be like his neurosurgeon or his, you know, his uh, government issued flight instructor. So uncomfortable, though. He, he remains an all time creep and just like he can't <laughs> take a hint, dude. But I will say to, to Phil's point. Yeah. Also, like in reality, too. There is someone in your friend group who is like this with like Tom Cruise asked that that is trying to out not just outkick his coverage, but to try to pursue someone that he can't take the hint like, hey, buddy, move on. It's not going to work. It's just not going <laughs> to work. And he doesn't have he kind of ha- he has that in goose pun intended wingman, a great wingman there. But like he has no one to tell him like, dude, All right. it ain't going to be it. All this right. is not going to be the one for you. All right. I'm going to break this down as succinctly as possible. Tom Cruise as a younger actor, Tom Cruise's relationships with his friends were far better storylines than they were with women. I agree. I think that's accurate. Like like his his adversaries, or to Dex's point, Goose, that stuff was really well done. Mm-hmm. But when you involve, and, and Phil, I get your point, and from a writing standpoint, I'm with you, but the actual execution of the plot because of Cruise I can't take it. Yeah, like, I, I, get your I agree. Point. He he's he's definitely an alien. He's definitely an alien. All right, I think we're back to Declan. Yeah, a uh, couple. I have a couple statements on the other actors in this movie, so I'll start with this one. Uh, what the hell is Robert Duvall doing in this movie? <laughs> like, Robert Duvall is like just a classic NASCAR, just guy. like like just a, a, a phenomenal actor, like Tom Hagen, one of the best one of the best movies of all time, in, in Godfather. I did not understand. I understood why Tom Cruise is in this. Nicole Kidman, a young John C. Riley. Um, I understood most of the actors. Why? Why? What was going on in Robert Duvall's life that he was like, you know what? I'll, I'm going to sign up for this one, and it might be in the cash grab because because yeah. this is like, and this is pre. Is Jerry Bruckheimer like pretty legit by this point? I oh, know God, he is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. It's a big cash grab. Yeah, Got dude. it. So I, I, it's probably money driven, but I was just so confused. It's like why Robert Duvall is in this cast. It does. It doesn't make any sense. He's too good of an actor to be in it. I don't disagree with that, but I'm sure you're right. I'm sure he got paid a he probably did. boatload. Yeah, this is where Jerry Bruckheimer started building his. Uh, he was well on his way to his one billion dollar net worth by by this point. All right, Judd. All right, I do not want this to become a political discussion, but I'm going to make a statement about an actor. But I'm going to. But I'm no, 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 no. I just don't. Randy Quaid was really good before he flipped out. Oh, I have a statement on him too. Randy Quaid in this film, I think, is really good. I think he's yeah, he's and he's not just playing a goofball. No, and I had forgotten though that that he could act. And here's here is a subtle thing I picked up on, and I'm curious if you guys agree or not. But Randy Quaid in this film sounds exactly like John C. Riley did as uh, Jerry Buss in oh, yeah. the, oh, the yeah. Lakers show, yeah. Winning yeah. Time. Randy yeah. Quaid's cadence, John, I swear to God, John C. Riley in 2021 or so, when that all thing, when that was shot, ripped off Quaid's cadence. It's almost identical, but Randy Quaid. I hadn't thought about that. Randy yeah, Quaid, before he completely sort of just went off by himself, was a really good character actor. Hmm. He had a nice run, man. When when was uh, Christmas Vacation? Like what year was that? Out eighty five, eighty nine. But he played a goofball in that. I like 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 he's good in this. 
I'm saying, but he had a nice oh, run oh, yeah. of like yeah. blockbuster movies. In yep. this, the in next this. movie he made was Days of Thunder after Christmas Vacation. Randy Quaid. Wow, that's a nice little back to back right yeah. there. Oh, is that yeah. his best back to back? Do you have his his filmography yeah. pulled up there? Yeah, that's a pretty good one. It's pretty pretty damn good. Made some money. Okay, um, I have a couple more statements here for sure, but. I, f- I stumbled into some more facts about this movie, which we can sprinkle in here. All right. So Tom Cruise's character, Cole Trickle, was loosely based and inspired by a real NASCAR driver, but not the one that you would think. It wasn't Dick Trickle, who, by the way, uh, my grandpa used to, like, know him because I- I've got family. My uncle, Todd Oliver, raced for a long time at Lacrosse Motor Speedway and... So I've got I've got some racing roots and and a lot of racing fans in my family in Western Wisconsin, and I remember meeting Dick Trickle as a kid at like really? a state fair or something. Yeah, just to let like he would smoke cigarettes in his NASCAR while he was driving around and stuff. But that Tim Richmond is the fiery, hard partying ladies man NASCAR driver who died of AIDS in 1989, and uh, apparently the movie is loosely based off of him. This is the movie and the set where Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman met and then eventually uh, were married on Christmas Eve of 1990. <laughs> it's, uh, it's also, let's see here, where director Tony Scott met his wife, a pit girl, quote-unquote, originally picked up by producer Don Simpson. So a lot of, a lot of relationships were, were molded on the set of, of this movie. Interesting. The mellow yellow product placement was for real. <laughs> In this movie, the studio jumped at a chance to make a movie full of product placements that could be justified by the story. I mean, my God, NASCAR, you're not going to find a better avenue for that, for sure. And um, there's a few other things in here that are interesting. But let me give you my next statement here, which is young Phil Mackey used to love NASCAR. Dale Earnhardt used to be straight up one of my two or three favorite athletes of all time. Like when I was a kid, it was Kirby Puckett, it was Randy Moss, it was Kevin Garnett, and it was Dale Earnhardt. And I have all this sports memorabilia that's some of it's in my office here and some of it is just stored away. And I have boxes of Dale Earnhardt stuff. I remember going to, I think it was like Virginia Richmond Motor Speedway or something as a kid. And they had like a Dale Earnhardt helmet that I got to put on. When he died at the Daytona 500 about 20 years ago, I legitimately like stayed home from school the next day. I was so distraught and sad. I could not get out of bed because one of my heroes had died. Wow. I have not watched a NASCAR race in probably 15 years. I don't know why my interest waned, but this movie brought back all sorts mm-hmm. of like 90s NASCAR nostalgia for me. Did you guys ever That's get awesome. into NASCAR at all whatsoever? No, I, I never got into it. I will say as I've gotten older, I have a much more respect and um, just understanding of it than I did as like a kid. Because I th- I th- there's definitely a misconception that it's like just a dumb, a bunch of dumb idiots running around in a circle. Like that that's just incorrect. <laughs> that's just incorrect. And I think when you're it's all young. Turns, Jack, no, that's yeah, all it is. Yeah. And it's incredibly yeah. hard to do. So I think as a young, like a 10, 11 year old Declan, you probably mocked it. But as I got older and also my, my brother-in-law too, um, is a, is a humongous racer too. And like just a car engine head in general. And I, just, I have a lot more of a appreciation for it. I, it it's def, it's not something I'm going to go out and watch and sit down ever. Right. But I definitely have a humongous amount of respect for it as I've gotten older. I want to say that this was a time where, where NASCAR was popping up big time because in the nineties, it became huge. It became huge. When I was a kid, the Indy 
500 was the big race. And NASCAR, I thought, I think was sort of confined to the South and people here knew about it, but it wasn't that popular. And, and then Indy broke up and just became an absolute disaster. NASCAR took off. Um, ESPN at some point in the 90s or early 2000s, I think, lost the rights to Fox and Fox was paying huge. Um, And I feel like in the last 10 years or so, while still probably popular, NASCAR has come back down a bit. But there is no question that there was probably what, Phil, a 20 to 25 year run where it was enormous. There there was a definite run where it got huge rights and was popular. And I don't think open wheel has really come back a lot until the last few years. Well, drive, yeah. drive to survive and that, like there's yeah. been a rebirth of, open of, wheel, right? of, of, of that, not right. necessarily NASCAR, but like an insane boom with that over the last two to three years. Right. But that's been really recent. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think, um, I'm, I'm trying to look up like the history of net, like NASCAR TV ratings history here, but, I remember my fandom started as a little kid in the early 90s, probably right around the time this movie came out. And and then it peaked probably in the late 90s and I used to play like NASCAR 98 on PlayStation <laughs> yeah. and stuff and It was huge. And so that 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 was in the peak of the the Jeff Gordon era. Uh, Dale Earnhardt was not at his peak anymore but was still the intimidator and and then you had all these other guys like all, like Jimmy Johnson was just starting I think around that time too and um, Mark Martin and Rusty Wallace and uh, Jeff Burton. I just remember all these names from like the, I could just list off probably 20 names from the late 1990s. And I think the TV ratings were through the roof around that time too, where you just like, you had primetime races on ESPN. They're running Bristol. They're like, they would roll that Bristol race, that short track race where, you know, Dale Earnhardt's wiping out, Terry Labonte around turn three to win this race. It's like leading sports center and stuff. Like how often have you ever seen an NASCAR highlight on sports center in the last five or 10 years? Exactly. So anyways, for all you former nineties NASCAR lovers out there, hmm. we got a connection uh, back to Judd's original statement or his last statement. I should say um, my statement is cleaned up. Randy Quaid just isn't right to me. <laughs> so like the the, the the cleaned up polished Randy Quaid. Actually, I can see him kind of being this like a sleazy salesman, which he, you know he he kind of is yep. in this in this movie as as like the sponsor representer. But like cleaned up Randy Quaid, just it doesn't do it for me. I'm used to Cousin Eddie. I'm used to Independence Day. I'm that's that's the kind of Randy Quaid I'm expecting. Not this like more polished, cleaned up a little bit. Uh, version of him, and it just it doesn't sit right with me. I'm, I'm not used to that. And to Judd's point, there's probably. Uh, some either past movies that I should maybe even watch that like he was actually probably a really good actor and he was better than maybe what what is perceived of him and I know he's kind of spiraled out here in the last like 15 to 20 years but but cleaned up polished Randy Quaid it doesn't do it for me doesn't do it I could see that my statement your statement (laughs) the freeze frame at the end of the movie is such an such a nod to to the end of like the eighties? How we used to shoot things, oh, TV race, shows. Yeah. TV shows would constantly end freeze frames. It was just Ro- a Rocky Three is probably the most prominent one. Just it's such just a like punching each other. Just such a great nod to what what was passing at that time. But it is hilarious. And again, to Declan's point, it's where you're like. 
Duvall, really? Yeah. Like like you're Alracia. Robert Duvall. And yeah. Like one of, you know, Boo Radley. Alracia. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I'm with Dex. It's like, dude, get a get another character actor of some sort. But you got like one of the great actors and he's like, Alracia. Anyway, I need to see the the frame ten seconds later where Robert Duvall has much like Vince McMahon popped both of his quad muscles and he's just laying laying on the ground motionless. <laughs> I bet he didn't run. I, I bet he ran for like two seconds. Oh my god! Um, I feel like okay. Uh, here's my. I think this is my last statement. Uh, at least the ones I've written down. I feel like this movie kind of represents the end of an era of a of a type of movie. And where where it's 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 such a I I am I am such a, a stand for these little campy basic plots. People people make fun of this plot or this script for being too simplistic, like in the uh, Rotten Tomatoes write up. But it's like I love it, man. I know exactly what I'm getting. I'm going to get hot shot Tom Cruise. I'm going to get you know some sort of adversity in the middle of the movie, and then in the end, we're going to get an athletic competition. And we, we got the same thing with Major League. We got the same thing with Rocky. We got the same thing with Top Gun. Yep. You know, whether it's in a plane, in a boxing ring, yep. in a baseball game of some kind. You know, you could even say, you know, there's other sports movies from the 70s and 80s where it's like, you kind of know what you're getting. There's not going to be much of a twist. <laughs> there's going to be some some prevailing in the end by the hero. And, uh, and everyone's going to walk off happy. And I love it. Sometimes you just need that type of simple script and outcome in your in your cinematic enjoyment. Oh yeah, and people love it. Box office, right? Like like that's what. If, at least then people went to see exactly that. You don't have to yeah, think you could, much. You could have ended this movie, you know, like Dale Earnhardt dying at Daytona in two thousand one, oh. if you wanted to, and, and then oh man, it's uh, awfully tragic. I guess the movie's over now. Crazy. <laughs> Leave people feeling good. All right, any final statements from you guys on Days of Thunder? I've got one more, Dex. Yeah, well, one more for me, too. Just a, just a quick little observation. It's uh, I would fail so hard as a member of a pit. Oh, I, 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 there is <laughs> zero chance. And, and obviously, I have to be so well-versed in cars, which is one area that I have no idea on. And I've, I've never – Some of, part of me is I kind of wanted to learn more about them just to like, so I could maybe do more DIY, like do-it-yourself type of stuff with their cars. But I would fail miserably at like trying to get those tires off and get the gas and get everything for flipping fr- fixed in like the 15 seconds you're in the pit. I don't even know how long they're really in there. Um, but I it's, would fail it, miserably. Yeah. Miserably. It's kind of crazy. Actually, that's one, that's one thing that those guys are coming in and they have to abide by a speed limit. But like you're coming in as fast as you can go in the pit and you're slamming on the brakes and then boom, it's like we're changing tires, we're changing gas, we might be making an adjustment to the handling of the car. And especially if there's not a caution, it's all got to be done within like 45 seconds or something so that you don't fall a lap behind or whatever. It's, it's kind of crazy the, the skill that it takes within that realm to make that happen. And much like Dex, I would just get hit by a car and die. Oh, you would. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, like, oh, would just, no, none somebody of us would, would run survive. over both my feet and I would never walk again. I'd start just crying. <laughs> I'd just start bawling. I'd be like, I can't do any of this. No way. Yeah. All right. My final statement is this. There were two things in the similarity between this and and Top Gun that told you they knew they didn't have to do a lot of work. The first thing is, could we not have had Tom Cruise arrive on something besides a motorcycle? 
because his arrival in Top Gun yep. and in this film that are I the do. exact same. Yep. Like that's the great. distant shot of the guy riding in. And we know, Tom, you really ride cycles. That's great. But like, it's the same. The it's sec- in his contract. For every movie, he's got to be riding in but on I a mean, motorcycle. They didn't even shoot it different. Like, it's the distant shot of him. The only di- difference is in Top Gun, there's a plane that, that he is, in air quotes, racing. And in this case, he's you know comes into the track. The other thing is this. Russ Wheeler even looks exactly like Iceman. Val Kilmer and this guy who played who played the the eventual adversary in this film. Now I know that ultimately Rowdy played the Iceman part because I think by the end Iceman and and Tom Cruise's character and Top Gun were friends. But that being said, go look at a picture. Russ Wheeler, that guy, and Val Kilmer even look the same. <laughs> yeah. Like, they didn't even find a different-looking guy. The frosted tips, right? Yeah. Well, are you talking about Carrie Elwes? Yes, Carrie Elwes and, and Val Kilmer. Yeah. It looks the same. Um, I, was, I was curious about your motorcycle take. Oh, yeah. And uh, there is a website that lays out... All of the motorcycles used by Tom Cruise in movies. So he's been on a motorcycle in nine different movies. Oh, I love right. it. I Mission love Impossible. He was for sure on a few. A bunch of Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Both Top Gun movies. Days of Thunder. He was on a motorcycle in Oblivion, Edge of Tomorrow, Night and Day. And maybe another one in here, too. So nine different movies. That seems a little low. Was he not at any point in Cocktail on a motorcycle? I've like never driving seen Cocktail. Work? Oh. How bad is Cocktail? It's perfectly bad. It is, is it? just imagine Tom Cruise from Top Gun and from Days of Thunder, but as a cocky bartender who's trying to make his way in the nightlife scene. You know, it's dude. We're it's not an action movie, so we're probably not going to review it here. But uh, here, but it's definitely worth your time recovering from your uh, your appendix appendix surgery over the weekend. His films are so intriguing because, like, there are some really good films. Yep. Now, now I'm Agreed. not a huge He's... firm guy. I'm not as big a firm guy as some. It's kind of a weird movie. It's kind of weird. And of Gene Hackman, the Grisham nope. films. I think it's the worst. Okay, that's a take. That's a take. Right I think there. it's the worst of of those films of that series. All right, let's get to our definitive rankings here. All right, we've got the definitive villain ranking, which we have to talk about, and then the overall entertainment value ranking presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Been around for over a hundred years, helping businesses maximize their level of success through risk management tools and resources. When you partner with Federated, you partner with a hundred plus years of great people, knowledge, expertise, tools, you name it. Go to federatedinsurance.com or it's our business to protect yours. Find out more. So um for Top Gun, we determined there really wasn't an actual villain. In either of those movies, the villain was really personal demons. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of put it off to the side. We didn't even really, we gave it a one, but I think it's just, it's just kind of off to the side. Are personal demons the, the main villain in this movie too? Or would you say that it's Russ Wheeler, the character at the end, that, you know, the hotshot other young racer? I would tend to lean toward the Top Gun formula, that there's not really an actual yeah, villain in yeah, this movie. I don't feel, yes. I would so say we'll just kind of take it take it off the board the, then. Yeah, exact same. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it off the board. So we have three I'm Tom gonna... Cruise movies here that we've reviewed. Yep, and none of them have actual villains. Just for uh, for the audience here, Cyrus the Virus is the only villain that we've reviewed in the reboot here the last three or four months. That's been a perfect ten across the board. Caster Troy from Face Off is a nine. Dom Toretto from Fast and the Furious an eight point two. Okay, let's get to the entertainment value of this movie. On a 1 to 10 scale, how entertaining was this movie? Con Air is a 9.7. Top Gun Maverick, a 9.3. Independence Day, an 8.7. Fast and the Furious, an 8.5. Top Gun, the original, 8.3. Ahead of Air Force One and Face Off, both above an 8. Point Break, a 7.8. Twister, a 6.7. Bloodsport, a 6. Tied with Too Fast, Too Furious, Hard to Kill, a 5, and Gone in 60 Seconds, a 4.7. Mm-hmm. I have this uh, as a 3. It's a Ooh. 3 out of 10. I do not want to watch this movie again. Um, <laughs> it was not enjoyable. Uh, it's a messy plot. I love, uh, you know, the funny part is, like, I really do enjoy the first 30 to 40 minutes of the film, but it just... From from my original point, it just hits such a wall afterwards and stalls out that it 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 kind of just messes with my mind the rest of the film. And and Tom Cruise is a creep. You know, we really didn't talk about Nicole Kidman that much. Like she's just thrusting this role like forty five minutes in, and like eight minutes later yeah. is making out with them. Um, it, it's it's weird. So it's a three out of ten. I I am not a fan. The chemistry between Swayze and the Doc in a Roadhouse is better than Roadhouse. this. And and the, and that's the chemistry between these two is was marriage chemistry. I know, which I wish, somebody, I wish they had called me and said, hey, what do you guys say? No, don't get married. Um, I'm going to give it a four. This is the first time since we brought this back where I actually started to look at the clock. Oh, like, I, like, I paused a few times like, to see how I, much is left. Like, yeah. Because I saw, the, I saw the runtime and I'm like, oh, that's really good. That's great. And I started to look at the clock. Um, it's sort of... I don't know. It, it, I just don't. I feel like it was. It was, um, in some ways, a cash grab. And to be very clear, again, I think the racing scenes were good. Like the racetrack stuff, I actually liked. And, and I'm, I'm not certainly like you, Phil, a diehard 1990s NASCAR fan. But I liked those scenes. But I felt the way that it sort of hemmed and hawed around in the storyline, and there were some uncomfortable parts. First time that I actually started to glance at the clock, I didn't hate it, but I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, I had I, I had higher hopes. I really did. I've heard so much about this movie, so it's just a five for me. So I'm the most optimistic of the three of us, but that makes it a four average score and the worst movie that we have reviewed in the reboot of Action Movie Rewind here. So it's fine. I'd probably, just because I love NASCAR back in the day, it's sure. nostalgically I would probably, and I love Tom Cruise movies, so I, I would stop and watch this again. But uh, it's definitely not on the same planet as either of the Top Gun movies. Certainly Top Gun Maverick, which is one of the great sequels in the history of cinema. So there you have it. Days of Thunder. It's a four out of ten. Um, our original plan was we were going to we were going to go back to the theater and, and do Bullet Train, I believe. But uh, I am currently I'm still testing positive for COVID here a week later. And Judd is not going to go to the theater. So I think we put that off another week or so for sure. And uh, let's keep chunking off movies that we haven't done yet. RoboCop is the most famous movie from this sort of uh, early 90s, late 80s era here. 
okay. that we uh, that we have on this list right now. I've oh. never seen it. I don't think you guys have ever seen it. But RoboCop, Hour Forty Three. Oh God, beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Um, Who stars in it? No idea. Peter Weller, a robot cop. Okay. Peter Weller. I I'm rented this at Blockbuster numerous times as a kid. You watch it, but I, man. I don't think I have seen this since I've been like maybe seven or eight years old. And I really can't tell you. How, I, I know how the first like 20, 30 minutes goes. I know how he becomes RoboCop. I know that. But after that, I don't remember. But I've right. seen okay. it before. Hey, what what's the, the new uh, Stallone film that's out now? There, there's, a new, there's a new Stallone film where he is. I feel like it's a sequel of some sort. Oh, uh, Samaritan. Yeah. Is that, <clears throat> is that a spinoff of something? Samaritan. It's on Prime. Samaritan. Interesting. I feel like that could be up Phil's alley, definitely, just because it's sly. Not that it... It is an action movie. A 2022 Um, American superhero film. Two hours? No, no, no. There's no way. (laughs) Oh, never mind. It's a two-minute trailer, I saw. Oh, okay. Although Stallone has been known to... Love himself some runtime. <laughs> Stallone, oh, Stallone uh, hour love. and thirty nine. Well, that's not bad. Uh, it was released today. 39. Okay, on, uh, on Amazon Prime. Because I, I think it's being released in theater simultaneously as well for a few weeks. It's an American superhero film. Oh, I mean, if you okay. want to? I mean, if you, let's put it on the list. Let's do RoboCop for next week. Yep, but let's add absolutely. Samaritan to the to the list here all for right. sure. Just make a list. So, all right, boys, there it is. Uh, action movie rewind, where we do deep dives into some of the most popular, prominent action movies of all time on Mackie and Judd.